So it's come to my attention that some people have been saying they're not hearing the episodes. I don't get it because my sweet, sweet girlfriend, The Void, has a very, very interesting speaking voice. As long as you listen closely. Welcome back to Slam Your Ex Poetry. Welcome back, friends, ex-lovers, and neutral parties. It is I, chaotic force of moderate depression, Addie DeVelvis. It might have been a while since you've heard from us on Slam Your Ex Poetry. Uh, quite frankly, we felt like it was an important time to step back and let other people speak. To launch us back into my delicious angst fest of a podcast, I thought we could talk about those awkward kind of something relationships and what it feels like to be stuck in the twilight. Let's read a haiku or two. One. Stop being so cringe. Just be fun and be stupid. Embarrassing me. Two. It was my dollhouse. You put trash and bugs in it. Be better, Sims. Please. Three. Asking for answers. I always forget questions. One cannot hold sand. Four. Do you remember missing me, cursing the stars? You still love the same? Five. Over-eager self. It's best not to go too hard when you start back up. Six. My left ankle cracks. It reminds me of your face. The rage it can hold. Seven. Learning a new skill never fails to humble me. I expect too much. Eight. Swipe, tap, scroll, scroll, scroll. The rhythm of my morning. My day. My night, too. Nine. Sometimes I pretend that I am still forbidden. Break rules to love me. Ten. Despite much passion, I am still stuck here asking, is my voice worth it? Eleven. I must hold power in the yoke upon my back. Break me and take it. Twelve. Two years of tension. I finally get to leave this haunted home base. Thirteen. Time is in chaos. A month turns into a day, and days into years. Fourteen. You wanted those shades. And so, I bought you those shades. Love when you wear them. Yeah, not sure if anyone uh, caught that, but uh, the last piece was most definitely about an Animal Crossing villager, because I am cool and hip with the youths. And that was a haiku or two. Well, my darlings, it's not an episode of Slam Yark's Poetry if Nico doesn't come in here to be irritatingly sensible and hide some of his feelings from us. Irritatingly sensible? Uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you for uh, thank you for having me back. Irritatingly sensible. Yeah, I feel like that's a very fair assumption. I think that's okay. I guess that's all right. I can't even deny the fact that I had my feelings, so like that one will. Stand. Well, you're an Aquarius. This is true. 
Welcome to your cosmic <laughs> podcast. Nico, in case you don't remember, we made some drastic changes to our time-honored tradition of editing Reddit. Do you recall that? I, I do. I remember being surprised then, and I am less surprised now and eager to uh, reclaim my honor. Because <laughs> I think I got stomped pretty hard on both the haiku battles. Yes, yeah. So far, I am on a, an uninhibited winning streak, and... Mm. Um, I'm going to need either you or a guest to knock me off my throne or else I'm going to get real obnoxious with these. You need to stop this monster. I can only hope to help stop the monster. <laughs> well, Nico, I'm glad that you remember how to play, but in case any of our listeners have forgotten and or they are me and had to listen to the last episode to remind themselves how to play this game before we recorded it again, let's go through the rules. I'm going to read two different Reddit prompts and we're going to respond to both of them with our own haikus. So we're going to be scoring on three different categories, technical skill, creativity in language, and soundness of advice, which is to say technical skill refers to the traditionalism and syllable count of your poem. Creativity in language is how good does it sound? And soundness of advice refers to whether or not I feel or Nico feels like, this is good advice. Last time, we scored each other on a scale of nine, and frankly, it just allowed me to elect myself the winner. So we're gonna see if changing the scale to a scale of 15 will be better. Nico, are you ready for our first prompt? Got a pen in my hand, a legal pad in my other, and some thoughts in my brain. So let's go. You have thoughts in your brain? <gasps> What's that like? It's a horrible. <laughs> All right, Nico. Am I the asshole? Husband keeps using baby's head to turn off light switch. <laughs> Please go on. Our son is a few weeks old now, and overall my husband has been a fantastic dad and partner. But the other day, when he was on baby shift, I caught him using the baby's head to gently bump the light switch to turn off the lights. I mean, sure, his hands were full with carrying the baby, but he could have used his elbow or something. So, Nico, gather your thoughts. We have two minutes. Let's write a haiku. Bing. Got it. Alrighty. Haha. I wrote three haiku and then ended up combining the lines. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Here I was thinking I was hot shit, finishing the haiku in half the time, and Natty, the host here, comes in and says she wrote three and picked the best part. It's so I did goodness. Go. So, let's go ahead and start All out right. with I didn't you, say then. they're the best parts, just that I wasn't vibing with any of them completely. All right. <clears throat> okay, okay. Eco-conscious babe, beware the little soft spot. Have your fun, my guy. Okay. So, I mean, obviously structure, I'm going to go ahead and give it a five. Oh, so kind of you. It's actually a little bit unexpected. Some of the, you, it sounds like you got more word, syllables in there than you actually did. Right? The middle line is confusing. And then if we're thinking about soundness of advice, I'll put that around like a three, hmm. honestly. like. I mean, I said beware the soft spot. I don't know. I don't know. It's like it didn't it didn't do more. It didn't like mm. enhance my understanding of the problem or I feel like enhance their understanding of oh. 
the problem in talking about it. Very um, fine. And then what was the other one? Just sort of creativity and language. I'll, I'll give that one a good a good solid four. A four. Honestly. All right, a five, a four, and a three. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I think next round, don't tell me how you score. We should just score each other silently because my competitive ass is having such a hard time not plotting already. Um. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so in uh, my haiku, which is absolutely not going to be affected by the scores that I just talked about. Mm-hmm. It won't be. It won't be. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, no, no. Remind him that's bad. Even the best men are dense, unlike the babe's head. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm gonna follow your pattern and and give you the score in the same way because I mean you said it and it was good audio. So, uh, technical mm. skill. I counted as you went along. That's a solid five. You got all your syllables in. I I will say I almost did dock a point in five because I'm just not a fan of some of your word choice. But I'm gonna put that into okay. creativity and language. Um, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, like, honestly. Where you knock me at. <laughs> well, I no, and like I'm not trying to knock you, honestly, because I think that your advice is pretty sound. I, I want to give you a solid four on the advice. The only reason I won't give you a five is that it has the slightest tinge of oh, men are stupid, and I'm like, we know that men are stupid, but that's not an excuse, you know. So I'm gonna Fair. say a four instead of five for soundness of advice. But creativity and language, I'm actually gonna go with a three. I didn't like. That's bad. And I'm used to a lot more um, verbose language from me. And I promise I did not intentionally score you the same. I was going to go 5-4-4, but I just didn't like the phrasing of that's bad. So I I had to go down. I I can respect that in in hindsight. Like, uh, that would have been immediately changed on an edit. Um, Okay, so what's the the second poem? Oh, yes. A delightful second prompt. Second prompt, yes. Oh, Nico, I picked this out for you special. Oh, God, I love it when you do that. Am I the asshole for having my sick tarantula in the shared living area? Uh, 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 what makes a sick tarantula? First of all, the beginning sentence of this is my favorite sentence ever written about a spider. So I have had my little miss for six years now, and I got her when she was going from a sling to a juvenile. His little miss. It's a spider. Oh. All right. Recently, the spider's gone downhill. Where this person lives is really cold. They have a heat mat some nights, and, like, he's found the spider, like, up in the heated area in the mornings, which apparently is bad. She needs a lot of humidity because she's a rainforest spider. Long story short, she's been getting kind of sick, and so he has moved her. I don't actually know why I'm saying he. OP has moved her to the living room, which is a shared space with their roommate. The housemate has a spider phobia. The spider is in an escape-proof cage and is always covered with a blanket. All right. The roommate has not asked for the spider to be moved or directly addressed it. They have hinted that it's starting to bug them. The person wants to know if leaving the spider for three to four more days out there while it recovers makes them an asshole. Nico has a huge spider phobia, so... I, I do. It is it is quite sizely. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take two minutes and write a haiku. All right. And... And... Got it. Cool. Bing! (sighs) I think I've got it. I'm not going to write three this time. All right. Oh, yeah. I got it, too. And just under time. Nico, darling, can you please lead with your second haiku advice? Oh, naturally. Um, This is a little bit more of a direct address. You made a promise 
the second you found your miss. She deserves your care. I'm just, I'm real proud of you, Nico. Despite the many, 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 many things that are weird about owning a tarantula, you own this tarantula and seem to care for her in a very sweet way. So, yeah, take care of your pet. If this was a dog, I wouldn't be, like, begrudging you for keeping that in the living room. It's just Especially so sweet. since I don't have to look at it. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it's covered with the blanket helps a lot. Um, I'm going to give you a five in technical skill. I love it. Actually, I'm, I'm scoring this really, really high. I'm also giving it in five in creativeness and language because it, that was touching. I think that was touching. I actually missed it oh. up a little bit. Well, because I have a weird, delicate pet. So That's fair. You so understand like, the, the yeah. delicate slash exotic animal pet. Oh, and the terror when they're sick because they're so little and you're like, what if they die? And they really easily could. So it's like, I totally get that. Um, so I'm going to give you five in the first two. I actually am going to dock you only one point in soundness of advice because um, while I agree with your advice and I, I am a pet owner and a bleeding heart about it, I do think that you're biased on the pet owner's side here. You know, I don't think you're fully considering the roommate. Isn't that wild that I'm saying that? It is weird that I am the least, less considerate in that moment. It's fun. <laughs> what a change of pace. A month and a half makes a lot of a difference, folks. Mm -hmm. Here, well, well, let me give you my rebuttal. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Save your little miss. Pay for some Xanax and wine. She runs and you're screwed. Okay. Um, I mean, a five on technical skill, for oh, sure. thank you. Mm -hmm. I like yeah, that easy again. five. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a nice, it's like everybody gets at least a five. I'll, you know, I think, uh, as much as I hate, because I think I was about to pull ahead, I think I'm going to give you fives across the board, just because creatively, it was, it addressed the problem, but was also just funny, which I just appreciate. And I think as far as the advice goes, it like it dealt with the roommate's problem and with the spider's problem. So, yeah, you know what? Ah, shit. I really thought I was going to make it this time. But yeah, fives across the board. I thought I thought it was going to be a tie and we we're going to have to do a tiebreaker because genuinely I was like, you know what? My creativity and language could have been a little better. Oh, man. I think we need an exterior judge for next episode. What do you think about that? I think that would be excellent. So please text in sucks at no I, we don't have a number please don't text that to anybody you can Actually, definitely no. tweet us at slam your ex on twitter this is true if you want to be a, a guest judge the next time we record which will probably not be in midnight we'll see um it won't be yeah, at midnight all right, Nico. So I am pulling ahead by just one point. Again, this is an absolute living wet dream for me. Thank you for your um, kindness, I guess. <laughs> You're good. Also, wouldn't an absolute living wet dream just be sex? Anyway, Nico, we fixed the internet's problems and we made me feel smarter. So this was a success all around. I keep saying this episode is about... Maybe relationships, almost relationships, sometimes relationships, kind of relationships. And um, by benefit of the fact that I have used a bunch of different words to describe it, and by the fact that all those words are unsure, I cannot blame you, dear listener, if you're not quite sure what the hell I'm talking about. Well, what I'm talking about is these kind of relationships that were ships passing in the night, or maybe they were relationships that always felt a little bit weird or a little bit maybe even wrong. 
you know, like, like friendships that in hindsight had something else going on, or like a jealousy, or even a romantic attraction, or, or missed opportunities, or these sorts of things. Which is to say that for today's portion of angst and sex, sure, we'll still talk about sex because you can fuck a lot of different people that you have a lot of different relationships with if you try hard enough. But I think that what's most illuminating is going to be the angst. So put on your best Prince Zuko impersonation, go find your honor, and let's listen to some angst and sex. Our first piece is called Girl Talk. You were a girl, and I was a girl, and we both told each other we were women, because we had felt pain. But you were a girl, and I was a girl, and you loved that you loomed larger. Maybe it was the first time. You were a girl, and you picked a girl, and you held her to pick up your light, hoping she'd be your mirror. But you were a girl that was blinded. And I was a girl that was angry, and we needed each other, so we stole from each other, taking hearts and friendships and time. I won't lie. I wished you were mine. But you weren't, and I was silent. What you promised wasn't what I meant, and I hate to hear promises now. Remember your promises how I would be safe? I don't think you minded when I wasn't. This is Tonka number 10. I used to hate talking about the weather. Now that seems a dream. I miss complaining about something simple with people. This piece is until I see you again. My mind grows numb. My heart beats slower. My lens glazed over until I see you again. The air turns stale. The wind hangs limp, the sun gets dimmer, until I see you again. Waking hours drag on, scraping round the clock's face, treading well-worn ground until I see you again. And problems may never cease, but the moments I forget exponentially increase when I'm with you again. This is Tonka number 11. Vibrations run through stirring up hope that was once loss. My bones match the hurts. What once was a shockwave turns into my stable ground. This piece is Track Builder. My relationships were often hastily assembled narratives, cobbled together from perfect examples trying to make the perfect experience. But you manufacture a wild ride of a relationship by the time you're in the seat, the path is too familiar before it's even begun. The slow build-up, the moment of tension, the inevitable drop, the giddy moments of weightlessness, the easing into the loading bay. But next thing you know, you are jolted forward and the ride runs again. The tracks of this coaster just keep creaking on, the jolts and strains just getting louder with age. Somehow even the former thrills bring no new pleasures, remaining stuck in a loop of your own design. And our last piece is untitled. Sun slants orange over hills to hit the student, whose knowing feet are walking tired, wary, fear and scouting and need and sniffing for the tower, change that never promises healing to the searching. 
Finding and holding and knowing aren't searching. Not enough shadow to hide the knowing in the student. Behold in horrid wonders sitting gray and weary on the face of the knowing one can find in towers. There's nowhere that holds lonely like a tower, with wonders it would give you for your searching. But just living is a new life for the student, the knowledge tasting different and so weary. There could be hidden cures for all the wary, none so suited and eager as a student. There is more than early sorrow in a tower, and the sadness is a sister to the searching. You cannot go until you are ready. You are not ready until you go. And that was some angst, and also some sex. So, we've battled over Reddit, we've angsted and sexted, and we've versed ourselves. And now, you know what I really want to do? Nico, do you know what I really, really want to do? Uh, zig-a-zig-ah? That too. No, I really would like to invade you. With questions! There it is. Welcome back to Invasive Questions. Um, I know, Nico, that you and I have done this quite a few times, and there aren't many secrets we don't have, but I kind of wanted to speak about something a little bit more specific and weird this week. Because I've been thinking about a lot of my, my funkier relationships, the ones that maybe didn't crystallize into something solid or that weren't ever anything recognizable, you know, like the weird relationships we have in our lives that kind of stick with you in a not great way. Yeah, like the almost experiences. Yeah. So to start off the almost experiences, I actually want to ask you, is there any sort of relationship or even to be more specific, like a kind of mentor that you feel like you are missing? I don't think it should be any surprise to people that have seen me in person that I'm not necessarily the most masculine um, presence. Uh, it's like I've always been kind of a little, little a, a little lighter, a little lighter on my toes, a little bit more uh, in tuned with my emotions, uh, which makes it wickedly hard to actually have like any male friends. I mean, I have male friends, but I don't really have like a bro. You know, like I don't. I think that's it. I don't have like. A person that I can go bro out with. And I mean that in like the himbo bro type of way. Where it's just like, I, I don't have this just like casual supportive male peer that I can kind of join in with. Like I'd seek out more yeah. like intellectual types or uh, emotionally available types because I'm emotionally stunted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't necessarily have... I don't know, some guy that I would, uh, like, go to a bar with and have a couple of drinks, and then we just get drunk and drink at a bar. You're just a hoe for a bro. I'm a hoe for a bro. I really wish I had a little bro friend. I, I support both your quest to find a worthy himbo friend and your stuttering assurances that you were a queer man. So, uh, I guess to follow that up, um, flip side... What is a a sort of a relationship or role that you have always daydreamed about filling for somebody else? I recently realized that my ambition actually outweighs my realism. And I've always sort of wanted to be like an inspiring artistic figure to people. Like I want to be like that director 
that makes you like recognize something about yourself. Like I always want to be the facilitator for somebody else's purpose, which also does mean I secretly want to inspire countless people that will thank me in their Tony acceptance speeches. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I, I always, I, I, I don't know. I haven't always seen myself as getting famous as a creator in the fact that like, I feel like I can help facilitate people to be their better creative selves. And I want to feel that feel around a lot of people. Mass in this Heard. point matters. <laughs> Heard. <laughs> Here's a bit of a left turn. I want you to think of one of the most awkward relationships of your life, whether it was a really awkward friendship, an awkward acquaintanceship, an awkward coworker, or a romantic partner. Think of an awkward relationship, and I want you to give them a passport phrase for Animal Crossing. Oh, God. Uh, if I only had Animal Crossing open right now, I could scan through. Ugh, okay. <laughs> okay, there is exactly one romantic relationship that just really didn't make any sense. And... Mm. Oh God! the The Animal Crossing thing, uh, the title would be uh, "Empty Headed Off Ramp," because <laughs> it's just like we just really didn't have anything. But like, it was a weird facilitation of me like getting out of a relationship. But like, I, it was just it was it was it, it, rather it was like afterwards, like I went to it and it was just like, oh, okay. Like, this isn't much better than what I... Oh, okay. So. I like it. Empty-headed off-ramp. That's very descriptive. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> hmm. So I'm giving you three hardballs. I should give you one easy little kiss goodnight on your way out of my question room. Oh, you you hmm. can hardball me again. I'm having a little bit of fun in this. Oh, oh, is that right, Nico? You can take it hard? Nico would like to take it hard. Ladies and gentlemen and friends, Nico would like to take it hard. Okay, well, I want this. uh, This is a hardball, but it's an optimistic hardball. So, Nico, I want you to think of the most enriching, weird relationship of your life. And without telling us specifics about the relationship, I want you to tell me why it was enriching. This relationship that I'm thinking about that just, like especially with the idea of, like, this almost relationship, is, like, this person was almost my rival? In the in the whole, Ooh. like, anime v- sense of a rival. Like, it's just the person that is doing a similar thing that I do. Um, that, for some reason, I take offense to. And <laughs> that you desperately wanted to fuck? Yeah. Probably. Yep! Prob- that, I mean, that's probably part of it. Let's not ignore. I think what helped me in that relationship is that... Um, or what was helpful uh, was the fact that, like, over more time, I realized more and more how similar we were. Not necessarily just in the good ways. Um, mm. I think I saw a lot of the things that I also don't like about myself and was just projecting upon another person. Not that they maybe didn't deserve it or deserve at least some judgment for their actions, but I also probably deserved a similar amount of scrutiny on mine and i think it just honestly helped me kind of bridge that gap a little bit 
And then I got into an abusive relationship for a couple of years, so that just kind of went out the window. But for a little bit there... There's some prime comedy right there. <laughs> uh, but for a little bit there, honestly, I was like, it was kind of nice. And you're like, oh, no, we're not so different, you and I. Which is also the end to all of the rival stories in anime. It is admittedly a lot harder to categorize man versus self for this sort of uh, theme this week, but there is a lot of different ways that we both do and don't live up to the expectations that we have for ourselves. So for me, when I was writing this week, thinking about man versus self and relationships that maybe didn't fully come to fruition, I thought a lot about myself, my relationship with myself, and a couple of relationships with other people that I, I wish I could be, honestly. Gross, that was super vulnerable. Let's read some poetry. Welcome to Man vs. Self. This piece is called Patience Like a Bird. She's waiting again. She's asking again. She's not ready to be taken to task again. She's bleeding her friends again. She's courting the end again. She's gathering what she deserves again. Walk alone, little sparrow. Enjoy your little hops. You don't look like much because you aren't much. That can change again. This piece is called The Neither. There's a place I go when life gets too hard. I call it The Neither. Neither too much nor too little. Neither very good nor very bad. Neither boring nor overwhelming. Neither. Never choosing. In The Neither, nothing shakes me up or tears me down. It can be dark here, but no demons or angels appear. No martyrs or murderers. Nothing to tear me in two. Just an empty room with a secret entrance only I can get through. This piece could be. Perhaps you spew poison because if you kept it inside, it would define you. Perhaps you serve salt because it left furrows in you already. Perhaps you're a frightened, petty little bitch. Maybe you looked in the mirror too soon to see yourself from my eyes. And to miss how good you used to be before you took your notes from a force of war. Our next piece is called Drought, Doubt. With easy access of the greats, my brain escapes and compares my work to the level of theirs. My mind becomes obsessed. How the hell can I create feeling capsized by their wake? As the moon makes itself seen, all the water from the streams seem to travel away, leaving muddy remains. With the tidal wave abound, who will stick around for the smaller swells of the sea? Just let me feel inspired without having to aspire just want to do me. And our last piece is called Go Best Friend, That's My Best Friend. Secrets in poorly managed parking spots. Conversations going sideways, like my tires in ambitious park jobs. You saw me and let me make messes at bat. And I'll always love you for that. You shine onto secrets with kindness and knowing balance with a laugh and a touch. Pain left a salt crust atop your hair, 
and you leave it and level your stare. Standing so strong on sand that looks like stone, cursing the evil that raised us, you glow like a soldier, plated in gold, and you teach me how to be bold. And that was some man versus self. And here we are, at the end of another episode. Thank you all for joining us and listening to us, and more importantly, for contributing by submitting your poems online through our website, slamurex.com. That is S-L-A-M-U-R-E-X.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram if you want to reach out to us that way. I'd like to close the episode by doing something a little bit different this time. We usually start with off the cuff, but uh, (laughs) I'm kind of recording this alone right now. And I kind of thought instead of me making up more poetry, I'd close out with one poet who's a little bit better at their job than me. Our ending piece is called Truth by Gwendolyn Brooks. And if the sun comes, how shall we greet him? Shall we not dread him? Shall we not fear him after so lengthy a session with shade? Though we have wept for him, though we have prayed all through the night years, What if we wake one shimmering morning to hear the fierce hammering of his firm knuckles hard on the door? Shall we not shudder? Shall we not flee into the shelter, the dear thick shelter of the familiar, propitious haze? Sweet is it, sweet is it to sleep in the coolness of snug unawareness. The dark hangs heavily over the eyes. Thank you again for joining us. Have a great week, write great poetry, and give a great back rub to my sweet, sweet girlfriend, The Void. I'll see y'all next time. Hey, fellas. Who do you think would win in a fight to the death? Harry Potter or Vegeta? Uh, that's definitely Vegeta. Harry Potter would be like, Expelliarmus, and Vegeta would just punch him in the solar plexus, and he'd fly into a mountain and disintegrate into a fine mist. Who do you think would be a worse landlord? Goddard from Jimmy Neutron, or Billy from the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy? Oh, it would definitely be Goddard. He would just keep eating all of your household appliances every time you bought them, and eat all the nuts and bolts out of your carpenter box. So do you guys think that Bill Gates could make knitting as successful as the personal computer? What is this, baby hour? Of course he could. I'm Marcus Dreskel. I'm Tommy Calhoun. And I'm Tim. And together, we are the Versus Extreme Podcast. We take all your who would wins and what do you think would happen ifs and turn them into comedy. We upload every Tuesday and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at Versus Extreme, where you can also send us your own questions that we will answer on the show. Okay, okay. But if Wolverine, as portrayed by Hugh Jackman, were a woodchuck, how much wood could he chuck? Huh? Uh, huh? Huh? I mean, come on. <laughs>